<laughs> Dr. E. Michael Jones, welcome back to the Killstream, sir. It's been a while since... Well, I don't know. It really hasn't been that long. I think the last time, wasn't it when you debated Umar Lee? I want to say that was yes. the last time uh, that you yes. were on the show here. Uh, have you talked to Umar since then? Probably not. No, no, no. <laughs> Just been I, get, I get his tweets every now and then. Okay. He, also, he tweeted once that he wasn't going to a demonstration because he wasn't being paid. So I thought, that's interesting. I wonder who's paying him. <laughs> Also, I'm trying to make sure this is showing up on the screen. Oh, there it goes. It is showing up now. I don't know why I wasn't there for a second. Okay. It looks like it's okay now. Yeah, sorry yes. you have to listen to my insane uh, my insane takes, uh, Dr. Jones. That's yeah, okay. You, you get what you pay for around here. With the <laughs> <laughs> I think that Biden's a Satanist, that he, he does child sacrifice. That's just me. You know, I can't prove it. He can't but, prove you know, it or I help believe. himself from saying that. All right. Uh, Dr. If I Jones, could why don't prove you... it, I'd be dead right now. <laughs> <laughs> like all the other ones that you could prove it. You wouldn't be broadcasting live to the Killstream <laughs> Faithful. Um, Dr. Jones, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for those who don't know who you are. You've been on here many times, but you know I usually do that. So, Yes, uh, my name is E. Michael Jones. Uh, I'm the editor of Culture Wars magazine and the author of a number of books, uh, the latest book being Logos Rising, A History of Ultimate Reality. Okay. Uh, now, what do you think of 2020 in general and just how it's been going uh, from, a, you know, I don't know, you're not like ordained or anything, but I, I would call you a man of faith. Or, you know, you're, you're very uh, spiritual type person, study it, religion, deep into that type of thing. Uh, what would you you know, say to people who are having a really tough year here in 2020, I think, I think this is going to be the one year for people, especially my age and younger, even uh, people of age are going to always remember this year for being really tough. Uh, what would you, what would you say about 2020? Yeah, I think we're in the middle of a revolution. I think it's going to be a color revolution uh, of the kind that happened in Iran in 2009 um, it's similar in that regard that Ahmadinejad was running for the president of Iran. Uh, he was a populist like Donald Trump. Uh, the elites didn't like him. And when he got elected, when he got the vote, they said it was fraudulent and they stayed. There was a revolution, color revolution. The color was green. People get out on the streets. And then at a certain point, someone starts shooting and uh, people uh, drop dead. They're dead on the streets. And then they blame it on the government, and then they try to get the military involved and overthrow the government. Same thing happened in the Ukraine. Uh, they opened fire on a crowd and killed uh, a lot of people and then tried to blame it on the government. This is what's I think that's what we're what we're in for. I think that uh, the lead up to the election, there's already a group in place that's called the uh, Transition Integrity Project, which, as far as I can tell, is engaging in treason. They're going to overthrow the election. They're trying to say, uh, what, what are we going to do if Trump doesn't leave the White House when he loses? But that, what they're really talking about is what are we going to do if he wins? What are we going to do? Can we count on the military? Can we count on the deep state to drive this man from office? So that'll all happen. Go down uh, a month from now. We'll, we'll know we'll know the answer to the story. But I suspect that uh, there will be rioting of the sort that we saw uh, with uh, in re reaction to the death of George Floyd. Uh, that type of thing. Yeah, and, and I've kind of said the same thing. It's not really going to take much to set this thing off into the stratosphere. And I don't want to say stuff like that, but just looking at the trends and uh, just how stuff has been ratcheted up uh, just year after year, you can kind of watch how, you know, oh, a fight at Berkeley and 
I remember watching that, like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. You know, oh man, they're fighting in the streets in Berkeley, uh, to you know, people being executed on the streets, their businesses burned, uh, people's homes being raided, and stuff like that that we've seen this year. I mean, there is a definite progression of violence and unrest that's pretty much undeniable here in the United States. Right, right. It's I, I was, I was, uh, I was 20 years old in 1968, and I remember sitting at a bar watching the riots in Chicago and thinking, I can't, I can't understand what's going on here. Why are they doing this? What's going on? Uh, and that was the era of law and order. Uh, at that 68, George Wallace was running. And between George Wallace and, and Richard Nixon, they got 68% of the vote, all because of the issue of law and order. And what happened then was nothing compared to what's happened this year. I mean, I was there. I, I, re, I, I was there. It was nothing compared to what happened this year. So I think the same thing's going to happen. The people, the, the people are going to vote for law and order because they saw what happened in Portland. They saw what happened in Seattle. They saw what happened in Chicago. And they don't want that to happen. They, uh, they, they don't want it to happen. They're going to vote for law and order, and that's the Trump will get reelected, and then, then the the real the real issue is going to start. Well, that takes away one of my questions. That I was going to ask you how you know how you thought the election was going to go. Bibble, was that you trying to talk? Yeah, yeah, Doctor Jones, I wanted to ask you a question. I know that you are you're a Catholic, correct? That's right. Can I get your opinion? Pope uh, Pope Francis he tweeted out on the 25th of September. We need to dismantle the perverse logic that links personal and national security to the possession of weaponry. This logic serves only to increase the profits of the arms industry while fostering a climate of distrust and fear between persons and peoples. Um, that seems like it's a very anti-gun statement. Um, and uh, I just want your opinion on that. Uh, I, I, it sounds plausible to me are you sure he's talking about personal guns and not uh, the military industrial complex and that type of weaponry i mean he says the perverse logic that links personal and national security to the possession of weaponry personal so and can... national so he could, it's, it's kind of talking about both look uh I'm, if you're asking me uh i don't own a gun i live in a city uh where the the police uh, is the job of the police is to protect me. That's why I live in the city. Don't want to own a gun. Never owned a gun in my life. Grew up in Philadelphia where, as far as I could tell, only criminals had guns. It wasn't a big hunting culture in Philadelphia. Uh, that just was not part of, part of my growing up. The, the, problem, the problem we saw this year was uh, the police uh, either were not or were prevented from restoring order. In cities like Chicago, I interviewed a cop there. Those those cops, uh, we have the phenomenon now of lesbian mayors. Uh, Lori Lightfoot in in uh, Chicago, Jenny Durkin in Seattle. Jenny Durkin's a Notre Dame graduate, and they were planted there by Obama. He made them district attorney, uh, uh, U.S. attorneys in those areas, and then that that launched their career. These people were put in place because the, these people are docile uh, worshipers of, of the oligarchic regime. They did not and could not, they did not restore order in their cities. And then they tried to justify it. 
this is this is a recipe for disaster. So uh, the cop uh, uh, the cop I interviewed in in Chicago told me that there were you know cops sent in to this antifa controlled zone in the loop without riot gear. I mean, just like short sleeve shirts and a, a baseball cap. Well, and two, and two or three together. This was a disaster. Why did she do this? Well, she didn't want to look like Chicago in 1968, or she didn't want to look like Bull Connor or something like that. But the point here is, if you if you don't preserve public order, then people are going to have to take that into their own hands. And that's precisely what happened in Chicago. So uh, when when it became clear uh, that uh, Antifa was not going to be, the people were not going to be arrested, the blacks on the south side of Chicago broke in and stole hundreds of cars and then drove off into, into the suburbs. And one of the neighborhoods, I forget the name of this neighborhood, but it's a Mexican neighborhood, and the Mexicans uh, had guns. And when the blacks showed up, they shot them. Well, this is not a situation you want. You don't want this to come down to one guy with a gun against another guy with a gun. That's not a good idea. And if that's what the Pope is talking about, I support what he said. So your your opinion on the Second Amendment is that uh, as long as we have cops, we don't need it? Uh, the Second Amendment uh, was uh, at a time uh, when guns were different and I guess, yeah, I guess you could say that. I mean, we don't, if we have cops, we don't need guns. I think that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. And what about situations where we don't have cops? Like, right. Well, now? well I mean, look, look at the situation in St. Louis. There's a good example of what I'm talking about. So the, the McCluskeys live in this gated community. They call the cops. Uh, the cops say they're not coming. Well, I guess if the cops aren't going to come, uh, you have to have a gun. I, I think that's the conclusion you have to draw because you have a right to defend them, defend yourself. Now that uh, has escalated now because uh, Kim Gardner, who's the district attorney in St. Louis, is a Soros uh, clone, uh, an appointee of George Soros, and she now enforces the law depending on the color of your skin. So if you're black, you don't get prosecuted. If you're white and you're defending your house, you do get prosecuted. And so these people are now going to have to defend themselves in a court of law. This is precisely, again, you don't want to give the impression that the law is only for certain kinds of people. That is That undermines the whole understanding of the rule of law. And then if you undermine that and you create a situation where the police will not enforce the order, you're going to end up like the south side of Chicago, where basically it's the rule of the jungle and they kill 700 people, 700 people a year die every year because they've all got guns and they're all willing to shoot each other. That's not the world I want to live in. I have to say, I, I strongly disagree with it. Uh, I think the Second Amendment still stands. I think every country that doesn't have a Second Amendment, you can see exactly what happens. Uh, they're in much worse, uh, you know, straits than we are. And I think the only reason that the entire Western world hasn't fallen is due to the Second Amendment of America. Well, thank you, thank, thank you for sharing your opinion. <laughs> it's not my opinion. I think, I mean, uh, first of all, first well, of go all, ahead, follow guns, up if you'd like, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was talking all, to you, Dr. Jones. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, f f first of all, 
we, we are involved in a war where guns are pretty much irrelevant. We're involved in uh, the, the main war that we were fighting uh, before COVID was the war over the internet in 2019, the battle over free speech. I, th I think that the history of warfare is always the history of weapons becoming obsolete. So, you know, the, 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 the machine gun was a great idea if you're fighting the Mahdi in Amdurman in the Sudan, because you got 30,000 guys on camels waving swords charging at you, and you've got a machine gun, you mow them all down. And it was a great idea until both sides had machine guns. And then you had a stalemate in World War I. Uh, so you had to invent the tank. And the tank was a great idea as long as you didn't have missiles. And in 2006, the tank became obsolete when the Israelis tried to go into Lebanon and they were all stopped dead in their track by, by missiles and so on and so forth. The aircraft carrier is a great idea, but the problem is that's obsolete too. So we're always fighting wars with obsolete. We always have... Uh, weapons becoming obsolete and the wars that we're fighting, the real wars now are information wars and culture wars, which is why I named the magazine that. And that's <laughs> precisely what happened over the course of 2019 when the Jews tried to retake control of the, uh, the, uh, the, the dialogue, retake control of discourse, which they had through the mainstream media by basically banning everyone uh, that they didn't like from uh, the internet. All right, let now, me one last thing I want wait, to say. Wait, on hold on, people. Go I, ahead. Last, very last point. Go okay. ahead, because I got to read some I, of these. I want to say that the uh, the Second Amendment it stops uh, hundreds of uh, thousands of murders a year, uh, assaults a year, and rapes a year. Uh, I think that it would be a moral evil to try and ban guns, especially for people like women who are unable to defend themselves otherwise. Yeah, but he didn't say he was wanting to ban guns, though, right? I'm he said sure. the Second Amendment was at a different time. I mean, I assume that's what he yeah, meant. Yeah, but well, I mean, it was, it was written at a different time. True. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, but do right. you? I mean, it, it was that what you were implying with the Second Amendment? Implying what? That it was written at a different time, and we don't really need it anymore. I, I don't think we. I. Look, I just told you the case of the McCluskeys, okay? I just said that if, if it's clear that the police aren't going to defend you, or if there are no police around, then you have to be able to defend yourself, okay? I, I conceded that. I'm, okay. I'm, not going to, I'm not going to dispute that, 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 that point. I'm just saying that you can, you can get to a situation where everyone has guns and everyone's shooting each other. And that's the South side of Chicago. And I don't think that's, that's not a solution. That, that's not, that's not the answer to this, to this problem. Well, right, in the I'll perfect world, you don't, you don't need to go around shooting, like, you know, ducking for cover when you go out to get groceries. You don't want to like do that. that. You don't want right. to do that. But look, look, I've been to the South side of Chicago many <laughs> times. And the point here is, that, uh, the, 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 you know, the, 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 I was visiting someone and she told me, you, you know, you don't, can't go down that street, can't go down this street. The point here is, even if they're not aiming at you, the bullet will continue flying through the air until something stops it. And you may be the thing that stops that bullet. How, how are you going to defend yourself against that? 
just because you have a gun doesn't mean you're not going to be hit by some random bullet. You can have the gun in your in your holster walking down the street and it's just a random bullet flies by and kills you. This I was at the uh, when I was there doing research for a book on architecture and I was there's the uh, Mies uh, Fanderoa building with its plate glass window and there's where the guard got killed. The, the, the week before I was there, because across the street was the Robert Taylor homes, the projects, and people would fire guns all the time and they go flying. The bullet goes, goes through the plate glass window and kills the, the security guard. He had a gun, not going to defend himself. This is when you have this type of anarchy. The gun's not going to save you. I mean, people can argue that the, the Bible was written at a different time and that it's not it's not needed. Right. But I think the only thing that's going to protect a 5'2", you know, 90-pound woman uh, from a 6'4", 200-pound uh, rapist is going to be a firearm. Uh, that's all there is to it. And I, I said it once, I'll say it again. It is evil to try and take that away from her. Okay. Well, we got you on record. Far be it from me to take that lady's gun away from her. I'm not trying to do that. (laughs) Bibble champion for all the 5'2 females out there who want to pack heat. Lord Zenu, WT Lawson, let's fucking go. Uh, Flamenco with the host. Uh, Lance DB says, looking alpha, Ralph. Thank you very kindly. Knee Rider says, can Bigfoot be saved? Johnny Monoxide needs to know. Uh, Brainwreck says, let me see this. Uh, for the doctor, favorite crusader order and why, um, is the question there. I don't know if you have an answer to that or not. Favorite what? Crusader order, um, is what they said. I don't, I don't know if they mean like favorite people who, you know, partook in the crusades, the actual crusades themselves. I guess that's what they meant. I don't know. If, if you Louis the ninth. Like okay. Louis the ninth. <laughs> All right, we did get one out of you. Detroiter979 says, Dr. Jones, please red pill us on Father Sirico. Sirico, I think. Sirico, maybe? Yes. Father Sirico yes. Father is head of the Acton Institute, which is a, a free market Austrian school economics think tank uh, that was created basically to undermine the, Catholic, the teaching, the social teaching of the Catholic Church on things like labor, uh, the value of labor, labor is the source of all value, uh, uh, objections to usury, so on and so forth. Uh, He started off in life as a homosexual activist on the West Coast. We were the first people, we meaning Culture Wars Magazine, were the first people to expose this. So the man was living a double life, okay? He had, homosexuals are not supposed to be ordained. This man was not just someone who had a lapse. He was probably the most notorious homosexual on the West Coast. Now that's going some, that's saying a lot. (laughs) Okay. He was, he, he got himself ordained. That is quite a title, I have to say. Yeah. I I mean, he got himself ordained uh, in some, uh, probably the Metropolitan Church or one of these weird offshoots, homosexual churches. And he's the first man to perform a gay wedding in the United States of America. He did it before it was legal, decades before it was legal. Now, this man has now gone on. He's, he spent an entire career promoting sins that cry to heaven for vengeance. So first it's sodomy and now it's usury. So uh, all I can say is just beware uh, when you're dealing with people like this, because what we're talking about, I've said it before, is this man is a coke sucker. He started <laughs> off in life as a cocksucker and now he's a coke sucker, which means... <laughs> He's getting money from the Koch brothers 
to basically subvert sound economics. <clears throat> Young Death with the Ninjagini. No, I wasn't skipping your Ninjagini. I just was reading them in order. I, sometimes when I get behind, I just go through in order. I know the Ninjaginis cost more, and I appreciate you guys spending more. I just, I just get lost inside this reading order. Young Death says, "Before you pry it from my cold dead fingers, I will pry my gun from your cold dead teeth." Which I, I don't know what that. I mean, I can assume what that means, but. Uh, yeah, no, no, no violent. Look, you know, it's all right to disagree with people. We don't have to all share the he's same. He's just opinion. talking shit. No, vi of course, that's not a violent threat. He's talking shit. Some people get some people. I don't know of any myself personally, but they get overly excited when they start talking about guns. I don't know of anybody like that. though. William A. 33 says, Dr. Jones and Ralph tell each other Zio tales uh, with like little musical notes behind them. Uh, knee Rider says people's good instincts get subverted into evil. Why? That's kind of a deep question there, Dr. Jones, but I don't know if you want to try. Because to of origi original sin. It's called original sin, which means everyone's weak. Everyone has a, a, a tendency uh, to be uh, irrational and do things they know are wrong, even when they know they're wrong. It's just a weakness that we're all created with because it was passed down from Adam and Eve by generation. And so the cure for this is baptism. That's why it's important to get baptized and join the Catholic Church, because then you'll have a fighting chance dealing with your evil impulses. A fighting chance is, is something worth having. All right, let's keep going here. Lord Zenu WC Law says, wait, Lori Lightfoot is a woman? That is the allegation there. Also, Entropy <laughs> <laughs> Stream is up as well. Sorry, I stopped it. Uh, I mean, excuse me, I started it late. Um, and, uh, okay, I'll put some links in there too. Killstream.live slash tip is also up. If you'd rather use that. Excuse me, I think there might be a couple on there already. Yeah, uh, there are. I think it's, uh, okay, load up. God bless. Okay. Jack Nimbleton says, Revelation chapter 19, verses 12 through 13, or excuse me, yeah, 12 through 13. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows, but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. Then he has, he has several verses for me this evening. James chapter 1, verses 21 through 22. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the world planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. I guess that kind of fits with the last uh, little aside there. Jack Nimbleton says, uh, chapter, uh, John chapter 15, 18 through 19, If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as, it, as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. And then uh, the last one over there on killstream.life slash tip. Williams says, Dr. Jones, favorite decade and why? Carrying the cross. The favorite favorite decade? Decade of history. Oh, decade of history. Yeah, rosary. decade of history. I was talking okay. about the decade of the rosary. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I thought I was talking to a fellow rosary sayer. <laughs> maybe he was. I mean, maybe that is what he meant. I don't know. I just assumed decade, years. Maybe that's my heathen nature. I'm not sure. Can he clarify? Was... Can he clarify the yeah. question? 
we'll see if we can get a clarification there. If you want to at me on Twitter too, because he paid nine dollars already. If you want to at me on Twitter and don't want to pay again, I'll be on the lookout for that too. Um, okay, Doctor Jones, Amy Barrett. I want to talk about that. Uh, what do you think about her pick for this? Well, her being picked for the Supreme Court vacancy. Yeah, well, she's certainly an improvement over Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> well, I uh, think that's, that's an... <laughs> completely undeniable. anybody, yeah, anybody disagree with that? No, nope. no, I don't think nope. so. No, 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 no one's going to disagree. See, we're with all that. back on the same page. Ruth wasn't See, known as a big friend to the together. Second Amendment either. <laughs> <laughs> Ruth brings you... everybody together. Yeah, everybody. She's uniting us all here. Uh, <laughs> So the big question is, why is uh, Amy being accused of imposing her views when no one asked, uh, no one said this about Ruth Bader Ginsburg? Did she impose gay marriage on us? Did she uh, impose uh, partial birth abortion on us? Did she she spend her entire life trying to crusade for abortion, for sodomy and abortion? Uh, Well, why do we have this double standard? Well, because Jews are allowed to proselytize for their religion. And Catholics are not allowed to talk about theirs. It's a double standard. It's that simple. That's what the big fight is all over. All right. Now let's keep going here. Um, let's see. <laughs> oh, good old Ruth. Oh, what I was going to ask, I, I had this written down. Something that just struck me while I was preparing for the show, allegedly preparing, whatever you call this. Um, how, (laughs) how now, you know, the the new out of step for Catholicism, well, you know, they treat it as, oh, this rabid Catholic, oh my God, she's, you know, she actually believes what the, you know, Catholic teachings are. She's not one of these liberal Catholics who, you know, aborts her babies and stuff while she eats the Eucharist and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like she's, oh my God, she's actually a conservative Catholic. Um, and how they treat that now versus how they used to treat JFK when, you know, um, the anti-Catholic bias then was, oh, my God, you know, it's like this foreigner, this foreign religion is coming in here to subvert the United States. Um, are they going to be loyal to the Pope or to the Constitution and stuff like that? And now it's changed to, oh, my God, they actually believe what they're saying, like the culture. I mean, I guess I guess it's more of a commentary on the cultural shift. Uh, where yeah. Do, do you think do you think something's church, changed right? since the yeah. uh, the Constitution got written that, that they left out gay marriage from the Constitution? What or is there some <laughs> is uh, did something happen here? I mean, why, why are we I think that why are we talking as if the world is still the same as when John Locke was uh, around this? There was an article in The New York Times, a Catholic lady writing this uh, talking about John Locke and how Amy uh, is not part of the plan because she's a Catholic who feels that she has some uh, insight into the moral law and she should act on it. Well, isn't that what Ruth Bader Ginsburg felt? She has felt she had some insight into the moral law, and she imposed that on all of us. She didn't ask our permission. She had carte blanche to do that. The, if you want my honest opinion, the real danger with Amy is that she may not impose her views. She, she, she has already written an article in which she says, well, if a Catholic comes in conflict with the Constitution, then the Catholic will have to recuse himself. Well, wait a minute. Ruth didn't do that. <laughs> Why do the Catholics have to do that? This is, this is, everyone has so internalized this grotesque 
double standard based on absolute abominations that are now taken for granted. And, and you're a bad person if you oppose these abominations like sodomy and abortion. Everything is so uh, distorted that, uh, you know, when everyone's a freak, uh, the normal person is accused of being a freak. Yeah, and um, I, I guess um, it, it really is. I, some people in our show called in and talked about what you just hit on, that maybe she's actually not hardcore enough, you know what I mean? She's not going to have be strong enough on the bench. That's, that, that's actually what they're worried that's, about. That's my biggest fear, that she'll say, oh, yeah. I don't, I really don't want to impose my views. I'm going to recuse myself, they might and be then mean abortion will continue. I, yeah, they might be mean to me when I go to these cocktail parties, and oh my God, they'll say a bad name. You know, I Sometimes these people, and again, I don't know that she's like that. Who knows? But, you know, are you really willing to be that that outsider type person who doesn't give a, a certain word that I won't use with Dr. Jones here? Okay. Uh, let's see. Black Phil. I'm, I'm going to have a good effect on your vocabulary. <laughs> yeah, I try. I try. I try. <laughs> Black Phillips says, Doctor, explain Amy Barrett's People of Praise Network. Uh, people of Praise is a charismatic community uh, that's located in South Bend, Indiana. It came about during the the uh, beginning of the charismatic renewal, which was in the late 60s, uh, and it became huge uh, during the 1970s, and that's when the community moved to South Bend. Uh, there's one in Ann Arbor. Uh, they, they, they were the two main uh, centers of this. So what is, what is a charismatic community? Well, they, they believe in praying in tongues. Uh, praying in tongues means you just kind of, I've never done it. Okay. I, I, there are people who praise wanted me to join their community. And I thought, you know, I, I don't know what they're doing. I, I'm not going to pretend I'm praying in tongues. Uh, there were other issues as well. Uh, the issue they have the issue of headship. Uh, so they wanted me to join and they said, you know, you have to accept someone in the community as your head, which means my, he's going to tell me what to do. Now, I am, a, I am a completely docile guy when it comes to authority. Uh, I believe in authority, and I believe we should obey authority. But as far as I know, there are two sources of authority, and one is the state and one is the church. And I kept asking these people, where do you fit in? Are you the state or are you the church? And they couldn't, had trouble answering that. So the guy said to me, well, you give them that authority over you to tell you what to do. And I said, look, I don't have the right to delegate my authority. I'm the head of a family. I got to provide for this family. I can't delegate that authority. And so, sorry, I, I can't join. So that was that. I didn't join. Uh, that's what they, that's what they believe. Uh, you know, the people, uh, I know people, a lot of refugees from the community who have had bad experience because those people, they don't really have authority. And the other thing that the people of praise did was it avoided any type of confessional identity. So it wasn't Catholic. It wasn't Protestant. They just tried to pretend that there was, if you were baptized in the spirit, it didn't matter. Well, all of this, all of this is stuff that I, I really don't believe. I, I don't think it's sound theology. And so that's why I didn't join. Does this disqualify you? from coming, uh, becoming a Supreme Court justice? No, I don't believe that any more than whatever Ruth Bader Ginsburg went through disqualified her, okay? So, uh, no, I don't think it's a disqualifying issue. 
Drinking right, baby's me... blood. That's what Bruce Bader said. No, we don't know, Bibble. All right. Space Cowboy 14 says diversity kills. Diversity is dangerous. Space Cowboy 14 then says, Jones, I wish you'd talk about the Zionists more. Young Death, I did get your ninja guinea in. Wolf and Redacted says, Deus Te. Oh, wow. There's no way. I'm going to. Deus Te Bened. Wait. Benedicta. Oh, God. I can't say that. Benedicat. Benedicat. Maybe. Dr. May Jones. God bless you. Yes. May, that was may God bless you. Say. Yeah. God bless whoever sent that super chat for sure. Uh, it was uh, Wolf and Redacted. Thank you. Space Cowboy 14 says, Jones, just wait till the third world runs us over. Or, well, overruns us. Same thing, I think. Uh, the Ghost says, maybe it's the people, not the tool, perhaps. All right. Space Cowboy 14 says, we need the Second Amendment. No exceptions. Then he says, Jones, just wait till you nine one one and no one comes. Well, he admitted that he you should defend yourself if no one's on the way. Knee Rider says, Jesus, you can. can, I've been in a country where they have a mandatory Second Amendment, and that (laughs) country is is Switzerland, where every man has to own a gun. Not only has to own a gun, but has to go out and, uh, you know, shoot it on a regular basis to target practice, that type of thing. I walked under one of those uh, things with bullets whistling over my head uh, in Switzerland, and, uh, you know, it's mandatory uh, gun ownership. And uh, they don't. They don't. Places. They don't. They don't have a pro. They don't have the problems we have with crime. But then again, Switzerland is well, completely unique and completely right. different from any other place in the universe. So you can't generalize from Switzerland. That's that's yeah. the simple conclusion I come to. By the way, I was on the Bahnhofstrasse in Zurich, and they have a gun shop there. And there, in the window, was a gold-plated AK-47. Yeah, Switzerland has some unique characteristics you can't really necessarily apply to everywhere. Knee Rider says, Jesus commands you to buy a full auto sword. Sir Groyper says, (laughs) 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 Sir Groyper just subscribed monthly. Thank you kindly. The Real Fast Gordon says, In the Info War, D Live is our Thermopylae. Space Cowboy 14 says, Jones, the freaking frogs are turning gay. That's That's a different Jones, but thank you. Young Des says, okay then. Space Cowboy 14 talking about race cars and how he wants them now. Space Cowboy 14 then says, repeal the 19th. Uh, he also mentions the synagogue of a certain persuasion. I won't repeat, of course. The real fast Gordon says, the Marfali was the battle that depicted in 300. Yeah, it was. But um, yeah, the 300 literally they lose. But anyway, William A33 says, Dr. Jones' thoughts on Father Coughlin. That's a deep cut. Yes, Father Coughlin, Charles Coughlin was a uh, the radio priest from uh, the 1930s. Uh, he was in uh, Royal Oak, Michigan. He was actually a Canadian who just come across the border. He's a priest in Royal Oak, Michigan. Uh, and uh, if you go there that day, uh, go there today, you'll see a post office across the street from the church. And that post office was built there because he receives millions, mil- literally millions of letters every week in response to his radio crusade. Uh, he is completely demonized uh, now as a, an anti-Semite, uh, largely because he opposed entry into the war, into World War II. He was part of the uh, part, uh, an integral part of the America First mentality. If I don't know whether he was a member of the movement or not, but he was certainly part of that mentality, along with Charles Lindbergh, tried to keep America out of the war and was willing to discuss the whole Jewish issue in the, in the 1930s. 
where he said, basically, uh, you know, if you people are going to accuse uh, the Catholics of being responsible for fascism, then we need you to talk about your responsibility for Bolshevism, because Bolshevism is a Jewish movement. And uh, and uh, fascism is a reaction to Bolshevism. He also was a champion of the working man and was also a, a, a proponent of uh, the Catholic social teaching, uh, specifically Quadragesimo Anno, the encyclical that came out in 1934. So I think that this, uh, I, I thought, I, Donald Trump tried to channel all this in his election. You know, he, he kept uh, having this uh, echo of America first. And then, of course, we got Israel first. But I still think, that this was the real American conservatism, that America should be a, a country that should not be involved in foreign wars. It should not be an empire that's going to police the world. It should concentrate on manufacturing. Uh, I live in the Midwest, which was the center of manufacturing. It should uh, promote, uh, as a, with manufacturing, it should promote high wages, uh, which is what Henry Ford did. Uh, it was the America that was destroyed by World War II. I knew, I knew Henry Regnery, the publisher, uh, the man who created conservatism through his publishing house. He published William F. Buckley, God and Man at Yale, and Russell Kirk, uh, the conservative mind. Uh, but they were alternatives to America first. And I think Henry knew this. Henry's father was the treasurer for America first. And Henry told me that when Pearl Harbor happened, the FBI showed up and took the mailing list, that, which killed that organization. And after that, we had conservatism, which basically was, well, you know, I, I don't have to get into that. We know we know what that was, and, and I think it's failed. All right, now, callers, if you want to call in, talk to Dr. Jones. We've got him for about another 30 minutes or so, 20, 30 minutes. Uh, get in here now. I have a caller right here. Let's see if they can be heard. Jack B. Nimble, you're on the kill stream. Go ahead. Uh, hi, Ralph. Thanks for having me on, and together good show tonight You're um, welcome. i'd like to ask four questions but if i get too autistic sunset me well go ahead you're the only caller callers are disappointing sunset tonight him. they need to sunset get him here. right now no no oh. all right we uh, need him we need him for once go ahead okay so hello to you dr jones and thanks hello. for question, uh taking our questions um first i'd like to ask you about the christian value of humility Many on the right today profess a Nietzschean worldview in which the will to power is the basis for moral life, and they deride Christians as weak followers of a slave morality. How would you explain to these people the strength of humility and the benefits of trying to live a Christ-like life? Yes, well, I'd like to begin by saying that the one thing I take pride in is my humility. Uh, I have to work on that, though. But what what is what is what is uh, humility? Humility is, in uh, uh, its basis, understanding your uh, having a realistic understanding of your position in the universe. Uh, first of all, vis-a-vis -vis God, okay, and then vis-a-vis -vis your fellow man. So it's you'll never go wrong by being humble. <laughs> it's that simple. And if you gain enter into any type of relationship, and you always put the other person uh, first and, and above you, you will have success, one successful relationship after another. So it's always a good policy. Thank you. I don't disagree with anything you said. Um, secondly, I'd like to ask, uh, for the first time in decades, charismatics and the mega churches 
are losing ground on the right to figures who promote investigation into more serious theology. Although this development is certainly welcome, many young people on the right seeking new theological influences cynically try to make the faith bend to their politics. I've even seen some people try to resurrect the heresy of Marcionism to placate critics who say Christianity is like Judaism. How would you explain to these people the importance of a good theology and putting principles of faith above political tactics? Yes, you, you began by talking about charismatics. Uh, the charismatic movement and how it's it's dying out. Uh, I think that was the beginning of this thing. The the, the charismatic movement was basically anti-intellectual, and anti-intellectual movements are, sometimes they get a lot of emotion involved, and you have this emotional power. And then at a certain point, it, it just it just wanes. It just it just doesn't last. Uh, you, you need you need solid ground under your feet in order to take a stand. And the only solid ground you have is reason, you know, and you can have faith if it's, but faith has to be based on reason. You know, it, if faith does not contradict reason, it transcends reason and it, it is rational in, a, in an ultimate sense. Uh, but you something that the human mind couldn't comprehend on its own. And so any, any, any movement that doesn't have that firm, uh, intellectual foundation is going to wilt. It's going to be like the what they said of the parable, the the uh, the plant that grew up uh, and then wilted right away because it didn't have roots. You have to have deep roots in, in logos. You have to have the deep deep roots in the rational understanding of the universe, and that will be the foundation for higher understanding that that will come later. But there, there's no way to get around it. And I think that what you're seeing here is this kind of disappointment. Uh, when the emotion fades. The other issue, too, is uh, just because you are charismatic and you, you have that gift of tongues or whatever it is, doesn't mean your children are going to have it, you know? And it's not something you can pass on. You can't pass enthusiasm on to your children, but you can pass uh, this, this rational understanding of, of, uh, of what I'm talking about. That, that is something you can pass on. All right, go ahead, caller. What else you got? Uh, just a quick follow-up to that, uh, what would you say in terms of warning young Christians who think that they can make the politics bend to their faith instead of doing the opposite? Well, I mean, we're talking about two separate spheres of, of influence. You cannot deduce politics uh, uh, from, from faith, but faith or reason, I mean, practical reason is how we achieve the good. And practical reason is known as morality. And morality has to be the basis of the social order. And so you have to understand that in order to have a, a coherent uh, social order. Uh, and, and faith will uh, enhance that. And faith will uh, allow you, help you to persevere through the moments where you don't uh, particularly see how you're going to solve a particular problem. But it's, it's, it's reason ultimately, okay? And so you're not going to bend your politics to faith. You're going to use, you're going to, you're going to implement what you see as the rational order of the universe in your political program. That's what, that's what you're going to do. And, and faith will help you to succeed in getting, achieving that goal. I mean, that, that's the way I see it. 
you, you can't use subs, uh, faith as a substitute for politics and you can't use politics as a substitute for faith. You need both of them working together to come up with some type of coherent understanding of how to get along in this world. I agree Michael, with all of that. Um, go ahead. Can, you have can one, I get a, more? yeah, thank you. Might as well. You have had a legendary call. Go ahead. Get your last question. in. I appreciate it. Um, okay. I'll, I'll yeah, stick with this one. Um, I've seen some people on the far the right. Man's got a right. whole bag of questions. He can't even decide which one to go to right now. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Go sorry, ahead. I mean, go ahead I've, I've seen some people on the far right or alt right say that Christianity can address their concerns about immigration, demographic change, and the commercialization of culture because its principles aren't as effective as those in their race-first worldview. They claim. Uh, they will often point to Galatians three twenty-eight. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. How would you explain to these people that Christianity can address their concerns and does not, in fact, promote the destruction of cultural heritage and tradition? Yes, I did this. I did. I spent a week in uh, in Guadalajara with David Duke trying to convert him to Catholicism, and I may have succeeded <laughs> actually. But uh, uh, I said, "Ethnos needs logos." You know, you you need you need a combination of of these two things. Uh, so we're we're so I was troubled uh, uh, by this the latest uh, encyclical of Pope Francis, Fratelli Tutti, because he said so, I, I'm I'm again uh, I'm I'm reacting to an article. So if if I got it wrong, I'm going to apologize. But I think this is what he said. I think he said that basically there's a the the, the universal destination of all goods is mankind. Okay, I agree with that. That's why cre creation is here to provide for mankind. Okay, that's that's true. Okay, and then he generalizes from that by saying that the the destination of the goods of a country are to all people. Well, now now you're starting to get into problematic area, you know. I mean, far be it from me to criticize the pope, but if you look at someone like Heinrich Pesch, uh which the his the German Jesuit who was the economist and wrote uh, the Das Lehrbuch der Nationalökonomie, which is the basis for my book, Baron Metal, a history of capitalism as the conflict between labor and usury. He ha you have to talk about the nation state as the, the economic unit in the world. Okay. There is no way to, to get around the nation state. Okay. The goal of the nation state, the goal of the national economy is the good of everyone within the nation. That's as far as it goes. It's not the good of someone in another nation. They have another nation. They have another economy that's dedicated to those people. This is someone who takes borders very seriously. Uh, uh, Pesh says there's no, there's no such thing as a country without borders. And the borders are there to protect the people in the country, in that country. That's why they're there. That's why we need to enforce borders. Okay. So the, the, so the, the, okay, the Catholic priest is in a particular situation. Okay. You're in an actual situation and here you got some illegal alien who got across the border and he's now in your parish. And what are you going to do about it? Well, in a sense, you've got to take care of this guy. But that doesn't change the fact that he shouldn't be here in the first place. Okay? A country has to have borders. And now we have to look into what, uh, how we cause this problem. I mean, we, meaning the United States of America, specifically with a country like Mexico, 
where we pass NAFTA, which was bad for us, but it was catastrophic for Mexico too, because Mexico got flooded with all this cheap grain, corn, which basically put all the farmers out of business in Mexico. You put these farmers out of business, they got no way of earning a living. And guess what? They're going to head north because they heard their jobs in the United States of America. And guess what? The oligarchs love this idea because the more people that come in, the lower the wage rate goes. So it, it, it just drives wages down. And they love that. We have to take this reality into consideration when we're talking about uh, uh, immigration. Because the other thing we have to take into account here is that immigration can be weaponized. I mean, yes, okay, that that poor person who is stranded now in El Paso uh, is in a bad situation. And if you find someone in a bad situation, you should help them, okay? But the fact of the matter is that you can weaponize migration and you can destroy a culture through that weaponization. Now, I described this in my book, The Slaughter of Cities. It's not usually seen as migration, but all of those black people in Mississippi were basically weaponized by the Ford Foundation and sent into Chicago to engage in the ethnic cleansing of Catholic neighborhoods on the south side of Chicago. You don't believe me? Read the book and then read the footnotes. I think I proved that beyond a doubt. I named the names of the people who did it. It was people like uh, John J. McCloy, head of the Ford Foundation, uh, Leon Sullivan was the minister in Philadelphia who was basically the guy who mobilized all those blacks from North and South Carolina, brought them to Philadelphia and destroyed the Irish, the Irish uh, neighborhoods in North Philadelphia. That's a fact. And if you don't know that fact, you're not, you're not in the game. And the same type of weaponized migration is happening in places like Hungary uh, now. Uh, maybe not so much now, but as certainly as of 2017. And it's, it would be naive to say that it wasn't happening. And it would, be, it would be foolish to say that the responsibility of the president of Hungary, which is a nation, a legitimate nation of people who speak a, a language and have a certain culture, his first responsibility is to provide for those people. Okay, now we, we all agree. I've already given you the instance where charity is necessary for certain people. But that doesn't change the fact that you have to have a nation. And in order to have a nation, you have to have borders. And the purpose of the borders is to defend the people of that country. First and for, all from, from military invasion, but more importantly, from economic invasion. And the main vehicle of economic invasion is flooding the country with people and driving down wage rates. Does that, does that make, did I make myself clear? I believe you did, Dr. Jones. Let me keep reading some of these. Uh, the get, uh, by the way, shout out to Jack B. Nimble. Excellent call there with many uh, great questions. Horace Cock Johnson over on entropystream.live slash the Ralph Retort says, Dr. Jones, my oldest and dearest friends, and I have gotten into debates, into debates concerning Middle Eastern conflicts. If I ever days, dare say anything negative about the state of Israel, they do the Bible quote, those that bless Israel will be blessed. Those that curse Israel shall be cursed. How would you suggest I deal with, with that sort of debate? Yes, uh, we're talking about a, 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 an equivocation, a word that has two different meanings. It didn't have any. Before 1948, Israel did not mean a state. Okay, Israel was a group of people. Okay, those promises to the, that group of people have all been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. 
That, that, that covenant is over. There's a new covenant. That, that covenant does not mean that these people, uh, Polish Jews, have the right to come into Palestine and take those people's property and, and uh, violate their uh, ownership and oftentimes their lives. That, that is all, uh, what should I say, screwed up Protestant theology. It's the Schofield uh, Bible, which was promoted by the Jews to basically pr promote that. This is all bad theology leading to uh, basically immoral behavior in the Middle East, and we're all suffering from it. So that covenant, well, that, that Israel that they're talking about has been fulfilled in Jesus Christ and in the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church is the new Israel. The old Israel has no claim on anything anymore. All right, let's see here. Um, Willem A33, I read that. Uh, Wolf and Redacted says, was Eldolfo... <laughs> oh, I'm not going to read that. Thank you. Uh, he's trying to change the name there. That was kind of funny, though, how you did that. Dur Durius says, does the Car uh, Carlo Acutus Acutus cultus seem forced and creepy to you? I don't know what he's referring to there, actually. I don't understand the question. Carlo Acutus, A-C-U-T-I-S, cultus. I don't know what that means either. Swan says, does Mr. Jones have an opinion on Calvinism? Yes. What do you Dr. want to share? <laughs> <laughs> well, he said Mr. Jones. That's what the super chat said. Yeah, another... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the, um, <laughs> yes. What can I say? Had a baleful effect on the United States of America. <laughs> the one thing that united uh, the generation of Hawthorne, Nathaniel Hawthorne and Herman Melville, who had a correspondence, was their hatred of Calvinism and how it just had corrupted the culture. You want a good insight into Calvinism? Uh, I recommend the short stories and novels of Nathaniel Hawthorne because he came out of that uh, tradition in America. His great-great-grandfather was a judge at the Salem Witch Trial. A lot of real insight into Calvinism, uh, including the whole Calvinist notion of total depravity uh, and how that can just wreck a society and how it did had a bad effect on, on New England. Read uh, Young Goodman Brown good story and it'll give you good insight into uh where calvinism went wrong how it was impossible to lead that life and the reaction that it created in in hawthorne's generation all right let's get these callers in here uh tap rack and bang go ahead lightning round hey uh what's up ralph it's space cowboy what's up man how you doing thanks for what's up man yeah yeah for sure no i was just uh i was gonna ask jones about is he he's still on right yeah, he's still here. I'm yeah. still here. I'm oh, not okay. dead yet. No, I'm just. Yeah, no, that's good, dude. No, there was there was just some uh, some interviews I've seen before with the whole Christianity about how America's changing and just you know the whole demographics and stuff. How, I mean, do you think that Christianity alone can unite such a you know different country with all these differences and it just seems like we're we're kind of spreading farther apart. We're not coming closer together. Yes, because Christianity is so weak and it's so decayed. And if you're talking about Christianity uh, in America, you're talking about uh, one Protestant sect after another that split off from another, and it, it, that lends to division. But uh, you, you can experience 
what should I say? The unity that I'm talking about here by uh, when I travel all over the world, you know, you, you realize yeah. that, uh, you know, in Kenya, in India, in Argentina, all, all these places, all, all, there, all, there's, there's a Catholic faith in a, every one of these places. And it's the, 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 only, the, the only hope I can see for a place like East Africa is the Catholic Church. Because the Catholic Church is what created the mobilization of labor in Europe through the Benedictine monasteries, and that's what they need in Africa. And see, if if it weren't if it weren't for that, I would I would hold no hope, no hope for that place. But yeah, it, sure. uh, it, this this is this is uh, I can see the hope. I can see it there, having been there. All these young guys, all they have to do is learn how to mobilize labor uh, labor. And they won't be in great shape. That's the big issue yeah. in East Africa, and the church can teach them how to do that. I don't know. No, I just just with some of these protests and stuff. I know a lot of the people that hate America. They are Christians in a sense, like they're Jesus. You know, they believe in all that stuff, but they still seem to like despise this country in every aspect. Well, know? I mean, let's let's be honest here. I'm I, I there's aspects that I despise as well. I mean, I, yeah. I am no, yeah. I am no supporter of the American Empire. I wish the American Empire had never happened. I believe in the right. Republic. I live here. I'm a citizen. But there's lots to despise about what's going on here, isn't there? Yeah. No. No. I, I don't disagree with you there. I just, it's more of like, I don't know. It just seems like there's stuff that we can agree on that we just don't agree on. Well, we know? have the basis for of agreement because the 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 Catholic Church is based on logos, and logos is what we have in common all over the world. Because mm. we're all rational creatures, and we are the only creatures that can talk to each other and, true, and understand true. each other, and that's the basis. Yep. That's going to be the basis of worldwide uh, communication and worldwide peace. That's the only basis we can have. And the trouble uh -huh. here is when, when you shut down discussion, which is what was what is happening. You shut down discussion, you create violence. There's no question about it. And so the ADL is creating violence. I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. You guys are creating the violence. It's going to happen because of your efforts to shut down discussions that need to happen. Oh, quick. Last two things. Is my, is my cool. mic all right? The volume? Good? Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. Awesome. I just want to make sure. Thanks, man. Sounds good, man. Thank you for the support. You have a good one. I'm going to run through. Uh, we're not going to get them all on, but we do have one more caller. Rice Realist, I brought him on because he thanked me for having you on, Dr. Jones. And <laughs> we'll do this call. I'll run through the – if we have any more questions in the Super Chat, uh, and then I'll give it to you for the finale there. But go ahead, caller. Hi. Thank you so much. Uh, and thank you so much, Dr. Jones, for appearing. I truly appreciate it. Um, I just had a question um, about uh, your – I wanted to hear your thoughts on Freemasonry and, um, and I guess what Freemasonry has done, if anything, to the Catholic Church. Free, Freemasonry was the cutting edge of uh, the Jewish revolutionary spirit in the 18th century. Okay, that's not to say that they were Jews, but it was the spirit that it, it basically was part of this thing, and they did incalculable damage. So the the Freemasonry got started as got weaponized in 1721 when the Whigs took over the Masonic lodges. At that point, they used them as psychological warfare against the Bourbon monarchy in France to overthrow France. It was, we were in the middle of a rivalry between England and France, the two great colonial powers over who was going to rule the world. 
and the Masonic lodges were the vehicle that eventually brought down the House of Bourbon and created the French Revolution. Uh, the Duke of Orléans, who was the cousin of uh, the King of France, uh, was a supporter of the Masonic Lodge, also a supporter of revolution. And then the revolution turned on him uh, and he had to, he wrote a memoir right the evening before they took him out and chopped his head off. And he said that uh, Freemasonry is the candle and revolution is the sun. And when the revolution, when the sun comes up, the candle is no longer necessary. And I think that's 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 what happened over the course of the 19th, 20th century. Freemasonry became an obsolete revolutionary ideology and was replaced by more virulent forms of revolutionary ideology, like the what happened in the French Revolution and ultimately by by uh, Bolshevism in, in Russia. So today. Uh, I've said this said this before. Uh, when people start talking about Freemasonry, I think what they're really saying is they're afraid to say the word Jew. I think that's where we stand today. All right, let's see here. Uh, I'm looking through for some questions. I'm going to read all the comments too. After, can we still call the U.S. a nation? Wolfen Redacted says. Um, yes. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't go that far just yet. But I mean, you know, uh, if it stays on this path, I don't know how much longer. Uh, let me do. I will bring in one more. I said I wasn't going to. Dingo, you got in late. I, you were actually past the cutoff for callers on the gas, but yeah, I know. I'm out of breath because I was literally trying to get the baby in the crib, get the bottle All back right. there. I knew him. you wanted to yeah. talk to Doctor Jones very badly, so I went against my own statement. Anyway, go ahead, so we don't take too much of his night. I appreciate it, bro. Hey, Doctor Jones. Uh, I hope you're doing all right tonight. I am. I'm enjoying Good. myself, I'm here. as you can tell. <laughs> I, 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 called, I called your joke about the uh, the pride and the humility, and I don't think yes. that got near the the laughs that it deserved. I laughed while I was giving my kid a bath. It was fantastic. Good. I'm glad someone got that. <laughs> I, I can't explain my jokes, but I'm glad someone got it. Hey, Do Dr. Jones, us big brains got to stick together. You understand That's what I'm right. saying? That's right. That's right. That's <laughs> right. All right. I have, a, I have a couple of very quick joking questions and then i have a serious one all right what do you call a word that spells the same way backwards as it does forwards a palindrome do you see what i'm talking about ralph this guy gets it <laughs> well he's really smart i knew that already that's madam on the show adam i'm adam race car <laughs> a man a plan a canal panama <laughs> he knows them all i wasn't ready for this <laughs> exactly. You weren't ready. You weren't prepared for this. All right. What else do you got, Dingo? Is this really going to be your thing now, asking the guests this? What else, Dingo? Are you still here? Did he leave? Oh, man. No, 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 no. I'm still here. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, I was, you I was just muted. stunned into silence? What happened? <laughs> He's thinking. No. <laughs> no yeah, I, hit the, I hit the mute button on my dang microphone. My bad. Okay. All right. All so. Right. My question was, Doctor Jones, did I hear you correctly? Whenever you said that if Africa would get, the, could could mobilize labor, they'd be all right. Yes, yes, it's the main problem in Africa, and the the, the African economies are being crippled. I'm talking about mainly East Africa by the importation of in, uh, used clothing. It's killing the economy, 
And I, I was over there and I proposed a whole uh, idea of how to resurrect the economy. They, uh, uh, the African politicians understood this. They all passed tariffs, which are the, what they have to do. And as soon as they passed the tariffs, the, the Jewish rag pickers from New Jersey went to Secretary Mnuchin and he threatened to put sanctions on them. And they all backed down except for Rwanda. Rwanda is the only country that is staying the course by creating a garment, a domestic garment industry. No country in the world has ever developed a, 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 a sophisticated, advanced economy without first having a garment industry. It's absolutely essential. That's what they have to do in Africa. I saw you tweeting about that. I originally had that on the list of topics actually here to talk about because I saw you tweeting about it and they're kind of demonizing Rwanda because they're putting tariffs on you know foreign products uh, coming into the well, market. So the, only, the only reason the United States became a great manufacturing power is because it put tariffs on cheap English goods. The only reason Germany became a great manufacturing power is because it excluded cheap English manufacturers from their country. It's absolutely necessary. Uh, now it's Chinese. Uh, what now? No, it's now it's used clothing from New Jersey. That's right. the thing that's wrecking the economy in, in East Africa. Yeah, it was tariffs on U.S. Right, products. Well, actually, the article I read. But anyway, yeah, go ahead, Dingo. Go ahead. Quickly, keep okay, in okay. mind we're, well, we're over to time here as well. Okay. You got it. You got it. And like Dr. Jones, I, I honestly do have a lot of respect for you. You've done a lot of stuff. You've shaken a lot of amazing people's hands. And I would never disrespect you, especially in public. But that just – it sounds like you worked really hard to construct something to convince yourself that it's its not because they're black. Because we have Africans in America that are th – we throw jobs at them. We throw labor organization at them. We can't get enough of it. Every big company has like black employee month and this and that. And they still do terribly. And the, no the number one – I'd like to remind you, the number one religion in, in South Africa, the number one religious like – denomination in south africa is catholic and it's not because of the boers they're blacks and they slaughter each other they slaughter whites they and and they uh, uh, this is the fact they uh do things to babies to cure aids you know these people don't mm -hmm. need christianity maybe they do I but it won't fix what right, their okay. problem all right, all I've, right. I've never i've never been to south africa so i can't talk about it but i have been to kenya i have been to tanzania and uh i have been with the catholics there and uh to say that they're the same as uh, black people on the South side of Chicago is saying say that, that, well, to say, you said American, you talked about American blacks, American blacks have had uh, one experience and they've grown up with that experience. And the people in Africa have had another experience. They're completely, they're completely different issues. They're, they're two groups of people who may have the same skin color, but they're com they have completely different issues. You can't really generalize from the because they're black. You can't generalize. Well, no, the thing you is, can't. like uh, you, you and I have very different experiences. There's a lot of like uh, Odin worshippers, like in the in the you know uh, Scandinavian region. We commit crime at the same rate they do. And I've I've been raised a Southern Baptist my whole life, right? And we have very different experiences. But the blacks in America and the blacks in South Africa, they actually commit crimes at strikingly similar rates as well like and they're the only way to convince yourself that it that religion will fix them or whatever is to work up a very intricate like plan and i don't i don't i don't see why you just don't take the uh obvious answers because it's genetics 
Well, because he's a he. Anyway, go ahead. You can tell him why. I, if it were <laughs> obvious, I, I would probably accept it. I could see that it's, it's obvious. The gospel. Though. I mean, that's why. I mean, let me just give you one example of you know of of Tanzania. Okay, T- Tanzania. The Julius Nyerere is the first president of Tanzania. His mother is one of seventeen wives of one guy, chief in that, that tribe. So uh, his brother, Julius's brother, has eight wives. So he says to him, why do you have eight wives? Why don't you just have one? And the brother says, well, I need them to work the farm. And then Julius says, why don't you buy a tractor instead? That's the whole thing. That's the whole history of uh, that part of Africa in a nutshell. Polygamy held back the development of labor. You didn't need to have sophisticated labor like in the Ford plant in Detroit because your children did all the work. You just didn't develop labor. And then suddenly the guy, the new guy comes along, Nereri, who was a Catholic who should have known better, but he's totally enamored with the Soviet uh, industrialization of agriculture and says, all we have to do is bring in tractors. No, that's not going to solve the problem. You have problems. It, 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 it took, it took, I've said this before, it took a thousand years for Germans how to learn how to work. And if it weren't for the Benedictines, they'd still be chasing pigs through the forest of Germany. Oh, okay. Well, let me ask you the last question From, very, very quickly. What word in the English language has the most consecutive double letters? <laughs> I, was say, I have no idea. Sorry. <laughs> Bingo, one, Dr. Jones, zero. Y'all All have right, a good Dingo, night. It's, it's bookkeeper. Book you know what? That was a that good was call. Cool. That was a good call, by the way. Sorry, I took him out a little early. But, yeah, that was a good call. I'm glad we got that. That was a good uh, debate there. Um, oh, real quick before we go. Um, so there was a, a, a clarification over on Killstream. Well, we're still going to be here, but before Dr. Jones goes, uh, there was a clarification over on Killstream.live slash tip. Um, he, 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 the person Williams was talking about period in time, not rosary. Sorry for the mix up. And they gave me another $10. So that was really cool of them. Uh, your okay. favorite decade, Dr. Jones. <laughs> favorite decade. <laughs> The it's 1970s. Tough. I was going to say, it have to be the 70s. if I, I, Because, you know, I hear about people who lived through the 70s of age. Like, that sounds like a pretty a pretty fun time. Now, maybe I'm coming at it from a different, less than holy perspective there. But, uh, okay, now, <laughs> let me look through uh, and see. I think we asked all the questions. Uh, a lot of thanks uh, for me having you on the show. I'm very glad to have you on the show. We're doing an election show on November 3rd. If you're down to call in for that, Dr. Jones, we're going to have multiple people calling in, just quick calls throughout the night, uh, giving their take on the election. Uh, if you're, if you're Can I ask one more question? In that, yes, you may. <laughs> what is your question? Do you? Uh, what is your opinion on Satanists? Satanists. Yes. People you should avoid. If they, invite, <laughs> if they invite you to a party, don't go. <laughs> I mean, do you think that they are really dealing with dark magics or are they just... Uh, can you... Uh, is, is First question, is there a Satan? Yes, there is. Uh, can you dedicate yes. yourself to his service? Yes, you can. Does that make you a Satanist? Uh, probably. Uh, although you, you you can do that without being formally part of a church called the Church of Satanism, but yes, you can you can do this. Yes, yes. Where's this coming? I don't from? recommend this, it. 
I don't recommend yeah. it. And do uh, you do you think most of the elite are Satanists? Are there people high up practicing Satan? Th I don't know. How would he know if they're actual Satanists? I don't know. Well, I tell, I tell you what. I tell you what. As soon as I get into the elite, I'll, I'll get back to you. But <laughs> I, th so I think far, that answers. So far, they, they haven't invited me. I, I guess, what was that movie, the Eyes Wide Shut? That's the closest yes. I've come to, Actually, to seeing Satanists in the elite. When you said the parties line, that was the first thing that went through my mind was the Eyes Wide Shut movie. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Jones, don't go to their party. Don't do that. A lot of compliments on your magazine. Why don't you tell people where they can find your magazine? Subscribe to it. More highbrow yes. than the kill stream. Some elevated content. We tried That's to raise right. the discussion. I'm tonight. trying to bring you guys up to my level. So exactly. the best way to do that is subscribe to Culture Wars magazine. Go to culturewars.com. Uh, all of my books, which have been banned on Amazon, they're all available at culturewars.com or fidelitypress.org. This is uh, the way to uh, raise the level of the discussion. Okay. That's what we're trying to do here. Very good. Dr. Jones, if you have anything else to say, anything you're working on, you want to talk about real quick, tell people where to Thank find you. you, whatever. Thank you for having me. Go to culturewars.com. Subscribe to Culture Wars magazine. Write me a letter. Send it by mail. Send it in care of the Birmingham jail. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thank you, Dr. Jones. A lot of fun. Good sport. Thank you, man. You have a good one. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> Dr. E. Michael Jones here on the Kill Stream. That was uh that was quite the appearance.